Good morning. Thanks for coming today on this wonderful Father's Day. Thank you, Dad, for being such a great father to me. Being a father myself, I know that uh, it is a great blessing and an answered prayer to being a father. And being a father gives me just a, just a taste of the love that my Heavenly Father has for me. Daniel, thank you for sharing your pulpit. Um, I know this is a, not something you desire, but it's a sacrifice to you. I appreciate that. Uh, and I thank you, all of you who have been praying for me for this message. When Daniel said you're going to talk an answered prayer, I said, but... I'm going to talk on James. I'm going to talk on Joshua. No, I need you to talk on answered prayer. Now, the best thing about preaching is not necessarily the preaching part, it's the learning part. And I will tell you, Daniel, uh, I love the learning associated with this message. Let's pray. Dear blessed, loving, heavenly Father, thankful, Lord, that uh, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit Thank you for providing prayer so that we might be in communion and communication with you, Lord. We're thankful for the, all the many, many answered prayers in life. The most precious to all is our, our salvation, Lord. Lord, give me wisdom. Anoint my lips as I go through this message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like to welcome our guest today, especially my sister Lynn. And I would ask a favor of everybody, on your way out, say hi to Lynn, and then tell Lynn I forgive her for, for being a boss to me when I was a kid, for bossing me around, and also for tying me to a telephone pole. I did forgive her. <laughs> if you don't know me, I am elderly. I am, uh, fortunately, the third string elder. I do get a few shots at the basket. I usually just hit the rim, but with the Lord's help today, I pray the Lord will be praised, you will be blessed, and we will all learn about answered prayer. I do apologize in advance. I am going to go through uh, several of my answered prayers today um, that have been in my life, so I ask for uh, forgiveness for that. Uh, also, a little warning before I start, uh, I think most of you know for two years, uh, I, was, I worked in, in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. And the engineers there told me I talked too fast. Where I immediately responded, no, you are listening too slow. <laughs> if I hear anyone coughing here, I'll take that as a hint that I am talking too fast, and I will attempt to slow it down. Um, Given, given the topic of answered prayer, so I immediately looked, okay, what do people, have there been any surveys on prayer? And I found some. So the first one I found is uh, from uh, Lifeway Research. It says, among people, Americans who pray, and I think most Americans do pray, said, how often are your prayers answered? And 25% said, all my prayers are answered. Amen. 21% said, most of my prayers, amen to that as well. So 
46% it's either all or most. 37% said some of my prayers are answered. 3% said none are answered. And 14% says, I don't know. I don't know if my prayers are answered. So if you are in the 25% who think all their prayers are answered, as I go through this message today, I'm going to be looking for a hearty amen because obviously you didn't need this message because you're probably following these guidelines for prayer. A second question was asked in that survey. And for those who pray, have you ever prayed for certain things? Now that Hopefully you can see that. So the first one, 41% people said they have prayed for people who mistreated them. 37% said they prayed for their enemies. Amen. These are commands in the Bible that we are to pray for these people. I am curious about the other 60% who didn't pray for those. Maybe they need to go back in their scripture. How about the other questions people ask? Winning the lottery, 21%. (laughs) Success in something you put almost no effort in, 20%. No one to find out a bad thing that that you had done, 15%. God to avenge someone who hurt you or a loved one, 14%. Your favorite team to win a game, 13%. I wonder if this is Green Bay. I did tell Daniel in advance I would get a couple digs in this morning. (laughs) Sorry, that's what happens when you surrender a pulpit. (laughs) Bad things will happen to bad people, 9%. Finding a good parking spot, 7%. (laughs) Not getting caught speeding, and 7%. I'm sure this is just after you'll blow by the trooper. (laughs) Matter of fact, I think this is why probably most people pray for this. Success in something you knew wouldn't please God, someone's relationship in, someone to get fired, someone else to fail. You can see that we often do not pray for what we've been instructed to pray for. And often we pray things that probably we should not be praying for. There seems to be a lot of people who are great at praying. Mom, I consider you a prayer warrior. Those of us who sort of stumble along. Those who we do call prayer warriors, who praise without ceasing, and those of us, unfortunately, who pray, pray sporadically. Hopefully today, we will all understand how we can all become better at praying. As always, we'll be going to God's word for answers to prayer. I will be journeying throughout the scripture and scripture mentions prayer 322 times. Jay, I'm, I'm going to live a couple of scriptures for you next week. And so I'd like to start out with Luke 2, 9 through 13. That's on page 805 in your black Bible. We have a second for you to get there. Luke 2 is where I'm going to talk, start talking about prayer. Luke 2, verses 9 through 13. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? 
Or if he asks for an egg, we'll, be, we'll, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil, that, that is us. If you who are evil know how to get good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I tell you, I love my children and would give anything to them. I tell them everything I have is yours. How much more does our Heavenly Father love us? The love of our Heavenly Father should bring tears to all of our eyes. As I mentioned, prayer is mentioned throughout the Bible. Prayer must be extremely important to believers today, just as it was important to believers in the past. If we continue reading into John 16, 24, now I am going to go through a lot of verses, so if you want to write those down, if you miss some, please get back to me later. I can tell you all the verses I've used. But verse John 16, 24, I think all of us have remembered this in the past. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That my joy would be, fill, would be full. I love that. I love that promise. But wait, there seems to be some requirement. In my name. What does that mean in my name? In Matthew 21, 22. And whatever you ask, you will receive if you have faith. I will receive. I love that part, in, part. But if I have faith, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to have a lot of faith? Is there a minimum faith to get prayers answered? In Ephesians 6, 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Seems like there may be some requirements for prayers to be answered. So where do we start? Has anyone heard of Vince Lombardi? I, I think he was probably, arguably, one of the best coaches of all time. And I'm sure Pastor Daniel will remind us that he was the head coach at the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> the story goes that in July of 1961, Vince Lombardi kicked off the first day of training camp for his Green Bay Packer football team. The prior season, they'd done extremely well, but had ended in a loss in the fourth quarter in the NFL championship game when they had been ahead. And so they lost. So here he gathered all the team together for opening day. And the players came to starting day. They expected to immediately begin what had been left off. Work on ways to advance the game. Learn new plays. And hopefully this year win the championship. Instead, this is what Vince Lombardi did. He held up the football and said, this is a football. He then started to reteach the fundamentals of football. The story goes that when Coach Lombardi said, this is a football, one of the players said, slow down, Coach, you're going too fast. <laughs> Typical for the Green Bay Packers. 
and this may be the last time I preach in this church. <laughs> so let's go, just like Vince Lombardi, let's go back to the fundamentals. In this message, I'd like to review six topics, and one of them has a little bit longer. But So what is prayer? Let's go back to the fundamentals. What should make up our prayers? What is God's response to those prayers? What are five things that need to be done to have effective prayer? And I'm just going to go through real briefly some unanswered prayer in the Old Testament, or not, and then I'm going to talk just briefly about answered prayers of just some ordinary people. So let's get started. Question one is, what is prayer and does God answer them? From Webster's, we hear prayer is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. There are two parts, help and thanks. I looked it up and I found a classical definition is of prayer is a devotion, a devout, excuse me, a devout petition to God, a spiritual communion with God as in supplication, thanksgiving, or adoration, or confession. The 7th century Baptist John Bunyan said, prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of our heart or soul to God. Through Christ, in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit, for such things as God hath promised, or according to the word, for the good of the church, with submission, in faith, to the will of God. Jesus said that prayer should be a private time between God and the worshiper. Jesus does not mean that it's wrong to pray with others, but prayer should be sincere and for the right, right motives. Obviously, prayer is critical in our communication with God. This shouldn't be a surprise to us. All relations require communication. Communication is critical in marriages. I understand that one of the most frequent reasons for divorce is lack of communication. My wife often tells me that we don't communicate enough. I said, wait a minute. I spoke to you five times last week. That may not be totally true, but unfortunately there is a tinge of truth to it. We often do not communicate enough with those we love. Fortunately for me, I'm a great communicator, and Deb, can I get an amen from my wife? Sure. Well, that seems less than wholehearted, but uh, I did tell her she had to say it that way. Communication is critical in our relationships with our children. Parents who do not regularly and enthusiastically communicate with their children become separated from them. Communication with our Heavenly Father is also critical. Often we treat prayer as an afterthought or a ritual. It is like singing the Star Spangled Banner before the football game. Look around, people are talking and laughing. Few have their hands over their heart. Very few people are actually even saying any of the words. It's just a ritual and has a relationship to the game that's about to be played. Is that what your prayer life is like, a ritual? Is your prayer at dinner time, God bless this food and drink, amen? Is it something you get over as quickly as possible? 
Is prayer something we do only when we eat and in times of great stress or great needs? Prayer is a lifestyle, not an event. Again, prayer is a lifestyle and not an event. Let me assure you that God does desire communication with his children and does answer the prayers of those children. We know that prayers have been answered for his saints. The Bible is filled with stories of answered prayers from Abraham, Moses, David, and Daniel, from Elisha and Elijah to John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. We also know the prayers of less saintly people, such as the poor women, poor woman and her son, that were preparing to die of starvation, were also answered. We also know God answers his prayers of more modern saints. When Daniel gave me this, this topic, I went out searching and I got to answers the prayers of George Mueller. In this book, you find out George Mueller learned the will of God in his life and how he used prayer to fulfill his desire to hear those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. If you want a great book to read about answered prayers, about George Mueller, read that. Or you also read about how the Lord answered the prayers of nations. A book called uh, Miracles in American History, 32 Amazing Stories of Answered Prayer by Susie Federer. The book tells how prayer was used extensively to establish our country and to create a nation that allows all of us to worship God, seek God without hindrance. Prayers are answered. God has always answered the prayers who trust and believe in him. So that is what prayer is. Okay, so what should make up our prayers? Daniel last week went through the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to go through that again today. So if you go to Luke 11:24, in my case, I'm going to go through King James Version because that's where I really learned King James. And Luke 11, 2 through 4, or Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Here in King James, and it came to pass that as he was preaching in a certain place, when he ceased, one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 65, 65 simple words. 47 of those words, or 72%, are in thanksgiving, adoration, and confession. Only 18 words, or 28%, are on supplication, what I need. Of those 18 words, 11 of those, or 60% of those, are on my spiritual needs. Only seven of the total words are on physical needs. In total, 90% on praising, thanking, confessing, and asking for spiritual growth. Only 10% on physical needs. 
is this the ratio of our prayers? Or is our prayers 100%, Lord, give me this? Oh, by the way, Jay, thank you very much for the prayers on Wednesday who followed this Acts process. Lord, yes, we should ask, Lord, for help in our travels, but the majority of our time in prayer should be about praising and thanking the Lord. Your prayers should be primarily, should be primarily about God, his righteousness, his glory, his will. Thanking God for what he has already done for us. That's after worshiping God and glorifying his name, then we can get down to all of our needs. But our spiritual needs should be come before our physical needs. This does not mean that uh, while you're hanging by your fingertips over the edge of a cliff, that you want to spend 45 minutes on praise before asking God to save you. I think God will understand. But don't make it a habit of always thinking you're hanging by your fingers on the cliff. Make sure you spend appropriate time thanking God for what he has done. Question three is, what is God's response to prayer? I've had many, I'm not sure if I'm the 25% who originally could say all my prayers are answered, but the more I went through the, the material, went, the more I went through the Bible, I would like to say I'm one of those 25%. Yes, all my prayers are answered, but in some cases, many cases, I'd look back at my life before I figured out, yeah, they were. I thought they weren't, but they were answered. But many of us wonder, do our, are our prayers falling in deaf ears? Why aren't they answered? So let's go through some scripture on answered prayer. John 14, 13. Went before, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified, glorified in the Son. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask, it will be done for you. You've heard the answer of the Lord, maybe yes, no, or wait. The Lord desires to answer our prayers, but the answers may not be what we need, what we think we need. I often pray for wisdom and be more Christ-like, like hopefully many of you are as well. This prayer is fairly broad. It is so broad that if the Lord answers, well, I even recognize that he did answer the prayer. And I'm going to give you an illustration in a little while on that. Would I even know he answered it? Am I looking for the answer? Sometimes we need to sit back and think about the things going on in our lives. The Lord may be answering prayers, but we are too busy to see those answers. Question four. What are those requirements for answered prayer? And I'm going to give five requirements for Five requirements for effective prayer. Effective prayer does not mean that we just become more serious about our prayer life or to become more flowy in poetry in our words. That's not the case. Effective prayer involves doing what our Heavenly Father has told us that we should do to have your prayers answered. The first one of those five requirements is First one, you have to have a relationship with God and with others. It's a lot of saying, hey, I need something. I don't go to my father, but I go to the neighbor down the road. I don't know you. Why would I answer those prayers? 
Psalm 66, 18, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but here's the prayers of the righteous. Now, we're righteous because of Jesus Christ, not because of our own. James 4, 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. First, we cannot experience the spiritual, spiritual privileges of being a child of God if we retain the love of sin in our hearts. Sin in our hearts will spoil our success in prayer. God's first condition is our hearts must be pure. Isaiah 115. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Sin will close God's ears and stop all communication with him. Our prayers go unanswered when we carry sin and we have not acknowledged and confessed it. Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. I told Jay I was going to go through a lot of these, but I'm going to leave a couple for Jay. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that I cannot save, or his ears dull, that I cannot hear. But your inequities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not hear. Of course, Paul tells us in Romans 3, all have, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But as John states in 1 John 1, 9 through 10, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your relationship with the Lord is easily corrected by acknowledging your sins and asking for forgiveness. The second relationship issue that hinders answer prayer is our relationship with others. If there are problems with friends and family, others because of selfishness, pride, arguments, anger, unforgiveness, or other strife, then your prayers will be, forgive, will be, will be hindered. The great passage, Matthew 5, 23, 24, you're offering your gift at the altar, and there are there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. God will not answer the prayers of believers if they are living unrepentant sin or fail to forgive others. These actions block our fellowship with our Father. Just remember back to your childhood. If you were disobedient and rebellious, Fighting with your siblings, I'm sure it would never happen in any of yours, but it did happen in mine. How often do your parents feel in the mood to provide gifts to you? More likely, they would just want to discipline you or sit you in a corner and not talk with you at all. Okay, so we need, first one, there's a right relationship. How is your relationship? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If not, Accept Christ as your personal Savior. How is your relationship with those around you? Are you holding grudges in need of asking for or giving forgiveness? Get it done quickly, as soon as possible. So that's the first one. Do we have a right relationship with our Father? Second thing is, are we, are we following the right method? 
Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. If you want your prayers answers, you should be specific. If you're looking for a specific answer, you need to ask a specific question. Be clear what you're asking for. The need to be precise is, is reviewed in Matthew 20, 30 through, 30, 20, 30 through 34. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called him and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes. Immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. They went from have mercy on us to please open our eyes. We need to be specific and definite. We shouldn't window shop. It's okay if our if some of our prayers are general in nature, but if you want a specific question, specific answer, ask a specific question. If you ask a general request, be on the lookout for the answer. It may not be as obvious. A great illustration in my life. As you know, I got a new truck a couple years ago. All the bells and whistles. Love that truck. Matter of fact, I have to confess, I loved it too much. It became sort of an idol in my life. Well, I took down that, my uh, truck down to my daughter's house, Rachel, in, in, in Ohio. And I was parked there, and Rachel pulled up. And Macy, my oldest granddaughter, opened it or whipped it open and smashed my truck. Well, you can't get mad at your grandchildren. You can't, I can't get mad at my granddaughter. I love her to pieces. And the more I thought about it, darn, that was the answer to my prayer. That truck is no longer idle. It's a used truck. <laughs> thank you, Lord, and thank you, Macy. Next time, Macy, be careful with, when you open the door, but you were the answer to my prayer. By the way, I didn't get the truck fixed, the door fixed. I'm, I was concerned that I did not want that truck to be an idle again. It's a used truck. The third thing is we, might, we must make the right request. 1 John 5, 14, 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If he knows that he, if he knows that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we've asked of him. In John 14, 13 and 14, whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. In John 15, 16, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you, you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Many pray but are not seeking God's will in prayer. They are trying to use him to get what they want. Biblical prayer is submitting our will to his will. It is the Lord's prayer 
your will be done as it is in heaven. Praying for our will instead of God's will implies that we know what's best in our lives. That is not the case. The Lord loves us more than any earthly father could love us. We need to submit to him and his will in our lives. If you say, but I don't know the Lord's will. Yes, you do. It's just said, go and bear fruit, the Great Commission. We need to want what God wants more than what we want. Four is we must must have the right attitude, no doubt or pride. So let's look at doubt first. And Jesus answered, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says this mountain be taken up and thrown in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Therefore, I tell you, whatever ask in prayer, believe that you have received, and it will be done. That's Mark eleven twenty four. James 1, 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. We all doubt, and when we do we should remember the man who said to Jesus, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We need to trust God. Trust him. He is merciful and will help us. There is a story. I'm not sure if it's true, but it's great for my illustration. If it's not true, I'm sure this is other illustrations that work the same way. There's a story of a serious drought in the western United States. It got so serious that a church asked its elders to pray for rain. The five elders went out and prayed for her, prayed a glorious prayer. The next day, it was bright and sunny. The next Sunday, a little boy was telling a Sunday school teacher that with no rain, his animal friends were having difficult finding water to drink. This Sunday school teacher told him he should pray for rain. The next night, that night, the little boy went out into the field and prayed. The next day, it rained. Why had it rained, had not rained for the elders, but did rain for the little boy? The little boy got an umbrella. Got an umbrella before he started his prayer. We must not doubt when we pray. The second is pride. Luke 18 10 through 16. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and another tax collector. The Pharisee stood by, standing by himself praying, saying, God, thank you that I am not one like that other man. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithe. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a servant, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone exalts himself will be humble, but one who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus tells us that the humble tax collector was justified while the other was not. Pride is sin and hinders prayers. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We have to remember we're worshiping the universe creator and sustainer. 
We have no justification for pride at all. Finally, we must have the right motives. In James 4, 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. You spend it on your passions. We need to examine ourselves and make sure our prayers are not motivated by selfish desires. So that's the five things we need to have right in our life to have answered prayers. I'm going to quickly go through an answered prayer, maybe an unanswered prayer. At least this gentleman thought it was under and unanswered. In this testimony, there's a story of a 17-year-old boy who was praying, and his prayers were not being answered. That boy was thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. He was then sent to prison unjustly. Of course, we're talking about Joseph. Now, we don't know what his prayers were, but we can probably imagine what his prayers were. Joseph was praying, Lord, get me out of this hole and get me back to my father. Or, Lord, I am never going to tell others about my prayers and my, my dreams again. Or, Lord, don't let my brother sell me into slavery. And lastly, Lord, I have done nothing wrong. Please keep me out of prison. In each case, Joseph's prayers were not answered the way he expected. It was not until 13 years later that he found the answer his prayers had been answered when it was revealed by his visit of his brothers in Egypt. 13 years of wonder, has God with me? Did he doubt? The Bible says that Joseph remained faithful in all himself to be used by God to save his family. Likewise, we need to remain faithful. Now I'm going to end up talking about the prayers of ordinary people. In, my, in this case, I'm going to talk about my prayers because I am just ordinary. This illustration is not to show that I'm the saint. I'm not even a pastor. I'm just an elder. But to reveal what I have prayed for and what God did in my life. As many of you know, whenever I have an answered prayer, it's a major answer prayer, and I, the, the prayer is answered, I laminate it and stick in my Bible. My goal is to break the back in my Bible from the answered prayers. But I will tell you what I found is as you document your answered prayers, laminate them, it's easier to see the small answered prayers in your life because now I recognize easily the big ones. It's easier to write the small ones. These two prayers are both on supplication. The first one is about physical needs, my needs. The second one was about spiritual needs. If many of you know I, one of my bucket lists, and Daniel says you shouldn't have bucket lists, but I do, is a hike the North Country Trail in Michigan. It's like the Appalachian Trail, but it runs from New York all the way to North Dakota, and there's 1,100 miles in Michigan. And so I had determined every summer I hike a couple sections of this North Country Trail. And I wanted to hike this, I think it's a 10 or 14-mile section. And so I parked my car on one side, and I had a guy drop me off on the other. Started hiking, then he took off with the work. Well, I hike halfway across, run out of trail. Well, I'm halfway there, no trail, and no hope. And so I said, wait, here's this old logging trail. Nobody's used it for 10 years. It runs north. Maybe it will intersect the trail. So I go up there, nope, it dead ends. So, okay, I sit down to pray. Because now I have a decision. I have to 
there's no reason to go back because there's no one there to pick me up. And these roads, this is the UP God's country, not many people there. I could be waiting all day. And so I have to bushwhack. And uh, or Steve is, Steve would tell you what bushwhacking is. It's sometimes not fun. And I have to cross a river, the Baltimore River. So I'm sitting there praying, and I look up for my prayer, and I hear an ATV coming down the trail. Remember, nobody's coming down this trail in 10 years. And he stops. He's lost. I wasn't lost, but I wasn't found either. So <laughs> we're two people both lost. And he says, uh, you hiking alone? I said, yes. Without a gun? I said, yes. He says, we've had all kinds of period of wolf problems up here. And uh, he, didn't, he was lost, but at least he had made a trail so he could sort of follow it back out because his tires packed down the grass and brush. So, hey, you want to ride out? Sure, why not? So what's the chance of two people meeting on a trail exactly the same time? And a trail hasn't been in use for 10 years. Both were a loss, and we run into each other at exactly the same time. After I just get done with prayer, zero. Answered prayer. So, by the way, this is, a, this is the picture, the map, of where I, where I didn't get lost, but the trail lost me. <laughs> this second, second one relates to missions and my missions. What I tell all my kids is that work is not work. Work is your mission field. That's where the Lord has put you. Nearing the end of my career, Jim, I was told to lead a, this computer design group, a computer-aided engineering group. Well, 28 years before, I had been part of that. I had actually been part of the team that started it. There were seven people back then. Now there's 125, and maybe a third of them are Muslim and Hindus. Now I just finished reading Jonah in my Bible. Jonah had been told to witness in Nineveh. Jonah had two choices. Either go to Nineveh, go to the opposite direction. He chose the opposite direction. Then God has two choices. Send someone else or get Jonah's attention. So here's what I call my Jonah moment. And isn't the Lord's amazing that just after I got done reading Jonah, he gives me a Jonah moment. Here, I, how am I going to witness these 129 people or 125 people? At GM, they say you're here to work, not proselytize. You're not here to preach. You're here to do work. What do I pray for? Wisdom. Ask for wisdom. So first thing I get, after I pray, I said I called everybody together and said, okay, this is what's going forward. We have an extreme workload coming for us. We're going to have to work some hard, long, hard days, but remember to keep your priorities straight. And my priorities are my faith, my family, then work. But that doesn't mean we won't have our days. We will. And I'm just saying you probably need to keep your priorities straight. Second thing is that I'm going to meet with everyone, all 125 people for one hour. First 30 minutes, we're going to talk about work. What are you working on? What kind of roadblocks? What can I do to help? 15 minutes, I want to learn about you, your family, your faith. And I will tell you, everyone enjoys talking about their faith. As soon as they're done, did that. Now I'm free to talk about my faith. I had the opportunity to witness to all 125 many, many times. One guy who was a Muslim, I witnessed to three or four times, and then he got pancreatic cancer and died. I don't know if I reached him, 
but I did have the opportunity to witness them multiple times. Now, a couple years after I moved in a group, I retired. And so I'm wondering, uh, did I reach anybody? Did I do what the Lord had commanded me? And so at my retirement party, a guy came up to me and gave me this bookmark. And he happened to be, he, earlier in his life, he had been a Hindu. So I'm going to read to you what this bookmark said. Philippians 1, 12 and 13. As a result, has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers of the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Wow. This is the best um, retirement gift I could ever get. My prayers had been answered. Someone had, was there to take over for me. The Lord answered my prayers and gave me just a hint of what we'll feel like for all of us when we hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, that you loved us and gave us the command to pray to you, Lord, and then told us how to pray and what to pray for, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we will not be praying for our needs, but we'll pray for your will to be done, knowing that you know everything, Lord. You know what we need. We do not. Lord, give us the strength to pray boldly for our friends and relatives and speak the gospel to those in need, Lord. Give us wisdom and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.